You're listening to The Real Foster Parents of Colorado. This is a special episode where I, Hope, talk to you about everything we've accomplished this year, everything we planned for 2019, and thank a few special people who've been part of making it happen. I'm recording this on Black Friday. Yesterday was Thanksgiving, and I've been spending the last couple of days after we had our family celebration on Wednesday, actually, just planning how to communicate all of the successes from the last year of Foster Together. We got our 501c3 status in January, and so we've only been in operation for about 11 months, and we've gotten a lot done in that time. We've accomplished much. And I was trying to think yesterday, how do I communicate this? How do I communicate also what we plan to do next year? And my request for people to invest in this work for next year. And so I was thinking about all of the things we did and how it really started when I was just trying to tell stories and I was trying to do what I call making foster care impossible to ignore. Because to me, foster care is not a huge crisis. It is a huge crisis, I'll say that. But in my mind, when I think of foster care, I don't think of thousands and thousands of children. I think of four children, the four children that I've fostered. And I wanted to communicate this year, this was one of my main goals, help people in Colorado and beyond understand that this is a personal issue, that this is um, not a huge government system that's trying to help kids, which it is also that. It is a huge crisis. It is a huge government system. But in my mind, because I've been there personally, it is for kids, their actual faces. Um, It's me holding them in the middle of the night. It's me picking them up early from school because they just can't handle one more minute of structure and, um, how should we say, following directions. And it is the way my son has had his childhood, his first five years, formed by these four kids. Um, And I wanted to communicate that to people who haven't had that personal experience because it is really one of the richest parts of my life because it's forced me to get out of my assigned role in the world. It's like a choice to step into a different kind of um, circle. And I wanted to offer that to people. And so I started doing that. And as you know, once I started telling the stories, people started asking, okay, I care. I care about foster care. But I need, I need you to give me something to do. I need something simple to do because I can't be a foster parent right now or my spouse is not on board with fostering right now or I simply don't want to foster right now. I love those people who are honest and they just say, I'm not up for this right now. No thanks. But give me something else to do. I'd love to support it. And so, as you know, we started the Foster Neighbor Program. And the Foster Neighbor Program is where a foster family gets matched with a volunteer within, I've, I've, almost all of them are within 10 miles of each other. Most are within five miles of each other. Somewhere in Colorado. And the Foster Neighbor brings dinner once a month. So simple. Anybody could do that. Anyone can pick up takeout. Anyone can get a pizza. And it starts with dinner. It starts with that simple, really basic baby step into this family's life. And it becomes a friendship. 
And so many times I've heard from these matches that we've done um, from the foster parents that they feel more prepared to continue fostering, that they feel more emotionally available to the children, and that they don't feel as at risk for dropping out of being a foster parent because they now have a friend. And foster parents are so likely in Colorado, the majority of us um, will quit before we hit our second year or at the very end of our first placement. And most of the reasons cited for that have to do with lack of support. And, you know, the system is big and the system is intricate. But I think what we are missing and what we want to create and what so many of my friends in foster care want to create is this feeling of neighborliness and this feeling of taking care of our neighbors and our community. And we all know that we can't raise kids alone. We need so much help. I need so much help. Um, I was born into a family that gives me a lot of help with my child and with um, the children I foster, but not everyone has that. And people want to help. And so it's crazy to me that we wouldn't have a matchmaking process between these people who want help and these people who need help. To me, it's just the simplest solution in the world. And it is simple. And it has taken a lot of time this year. Um, I find that sometimes the simplest things um, require the most diligence because you have to do the same thing over and over again. And at the end of the year, I'm happy to say we've matched 60 foster neighbors with a family, some with most with foster families and some with reunified families. And what that means is the family has come back together after foster care. So hopefully they've had really good foster parents and the foster parents have helped those parents um, come through their treatment plan and prove that their home is safe for children and the family comes back together. And so not only are foster parents at a high burnout rate, but also those families um, in some places in Colorado, especially where I live in El Paso County, are at a high um, failure rate, to put it bluntly, that their children might come back into foster care. And we want to lessen that possibility by giving them friends. Um, it's, it's one of the most deprogrammed, most human, and most um, person-to-person touches that we have in foster care. Um, most everybody else who sees the foster families or the reunified families are paid professionals. Um, and I, but I, I intentionally keep this program simple because I want people to feel like they're just supposed to go and be a good friend. So as I was thinking about how to communicate all of this on a website, this is like the marketer's dilemma, right? How do you communicate all of this? My friend Jenna calls it the curse of knowledge. And how do you communicate all of this um, in a way that gets people to care and gets people excited, but also they will finish reading everything you put down. And so I created a page that has some of my very favorite testimonials from the year, and I wanted to read a couple of them to you. Um, Brett and Sarah, who are foster parents um, up north of Denver, I matched them with someone named Katie. And she, Katie's actually become a donor too, but Katie met me at a party that... Um, a friend of mine, Deb, hosted. See how this is a community event already. And she is in education, and she understands systems, and she understands special needs, and she sees that families who have kids with high needs really need a lot of support so that they can serve the kids. And so she wanted to be a foster neighbor. And Sarah and Brett, 
sent me an email and they said about Katie, she brings a cooler full of food and snacks and ready to bake meals and fun desserts for the kids. She always remembers their names and upcoming important events like court dates and birthdays. And that is the personal touch that a foster neighbor can bring. Let me read you a couple more. Brooke is a single foster mom and 35% of the families that we've matched are led by a single mom, either a single foster mom or a single mom getting her kids back from foster care. And so it's even more helpful, I think, in those situations because they're not, they don't have a full-time partner and spouse to share their responsibilities with. These single foster moms love their foster neighbors. And Brooke is one, and she has a little um, preschool girl. And, you know, it's been a long process of finding out whether she will have this little girl forever or if she'll be going home to family. And they're still not through it, really. But she is one of the first people I ever matched. Um, and she, I matched her with Nicole, who just loves to cook. And she is a very fun lady. And she wanted to be like an auntie. And she um, loves kids. And she has great um, background uh, working with kids and helping kids in her family. But she wanted to do something with a child in foster care. And so I matched her with Brooke. And Brooke said... As a single foster mom with frazzled emotions and finances, friendship from Nicole is crucial. And she makes the best food, she says, but she also uh, takes the little girl on park dates and takes her to play and gives Brooke a little bit of peace of mind and a little bit of time to rest. And it's become a very trusting relationship. And they have been matched for, I think, just about 11 months now. Actually, probably a full year, full 12 months. And that consistency has been so important for Brooke and her little girl. And then I, I wanted to share a couple of things that um, some foster neighbors have said about the process of getting matched and trained. And they said, we love this close look at the real life of foster families. It's helping us how we could possibly foster down the road. Another person, she's in Castle Pines, she says, our application process was easy. And helping our foster family feels wonderful. And Sarah is someone who sent um, sent over six freezer meals on her first drop-off of meals. That is way above and beyond. Um, and But that's something she likes to do and it's something that would help her in that kind of situation. And so she, she just loved this family so well. They had uh, several medically fragile children. And... In addition to the meals, Sarah's teenage girls went over and babysat for this family. And so these are the things, like this is not a difficult, very pie in the sky, really technical kind of volunteer opportunity. But what we needed was the connection and the matchmaking between the families who wanted to help and the families who needed help. So that's what we really focused on this year. And then one last testimonial I love from a foster neighbor it says that um, she's been doing this for eight months and she's had a lot of other volunteer jobs in the past where it just balloons and snowballs into a really, you're taking on way more responsibility than you expected. And she said, in eight months, I haven't felt overwhelmed once. And it's really, it's in her court to do anything above dropping off one meal a month. And she has, and she's loved doing more, but she's never felt like it's getting out of control and 
she is being asked to do way more than she wanted. And that was really important to me because I know the people who are doing, who are willing to sign up for something like this are already busy people. They're already people who are involved in a lot of good things. And I wanted to make it simple and natural for them to be involved with the family. If you want to read more of those stories and a few more statistics about what we've done this year, I put it all up at fostertogether.co. It's not .com, fostertogether.co slash 2018. Just wanted to make it really easy. You can see what we've accomplished this year. You can also see what we plan on doing for next year. And I have outlined our whole budget and I've outlined our whole um, plan for 2019 saying how we'll continue doing our storytelling. I I want to do the podcast. I want to do two full uh, seasons of the podcast with a few different themes than we did this year. And then I also want to do a, a series on how novels and children's literature can help us think about foster care in fresh ways. And... The Foster Neighbor Program, which has kind of become what we're known for, is going to be expanding more formally into different parts of Colorado. So we'll do a full, we want our goal for El Paso County, Colorado Springs, um, which is the worst for child abuse and neglect in the state. So there's a big need here. Our goal for for this area is to get 100 foster neighbors next year. And so I'm specifically fundraising for that. I'm specifically fundraising for three launches in several areas of Denver where we've had a lot of requests of people who want to help and people who need help and to do more of a full service. This year, we kind of spread out throughout the state. And next year, I want to do a deep dive into three areas and get 50 foster neighbors in each one of those areas. So I'm specifically fundraising for that as well. And I'm excited to say that my hometown in California is in the process of hiring Foster Together to bring the service of Foster Neighbors and um, their own little miniature podcast to Northern California where I grew up. I grew up in Lake County, which is actually the poorest county in California. And I am very honored that they've asked me to come and do this because they are in somewhat of a dire situation. Obviously, um, having the least uh, use of, of funds in California is a problem. But then also, they are sending, I believe it's at least half, maybe three quarters of their children in foster care to foster homes outside of their county. And that is not good for children. It's good for them to stay close to where their parents are. They have visits. They have school. They want, we want to keep as much continuity as we can rather than sending them 40 or 50 miles away. So their idea with this is that we could potentially stabilize and keep the good foster homes that are in the county and then spread the word more that this is an important thing for people to do and that... Um, we need to keep our county's kids closer so that when and if they go home, that's a simpler transition. And there's just less change and less um, disruption in their lives that way. So, so again, I'm very honored that my hometown has asked me to come and do that. And I think that speaks to the work that we've all accomplished together this year, um, that there's a reputation of excellence and of giving 
families and children exactly what they need that the system is just not equipped to provide right now. And I'm so thankful to be able to fill in that gap in the system and um, to personalize something a little bit to make everyone's job easier. My, my goal is that when foster families are supported, when reunified families are supported, when foster care is even prevented someday. And I cannot end this episode without saying a huge thank you to the people who have financially and with their mentoring and their advice supported this year. There's no way I can name everyone, but I wrote down a few people who I wanted to thank because of the creative way that they have committed to us this year and committed to the children of Colorado and now around the United States this year. First of all, there are so many adoptive parents and some foster parents who've decided to be monthly donors to us because they see how important this would have been for them. I actually had one donor say, I wish I had something like this when I was fostering. So people like Tiffany or Shelly or Praj or Stephanie or Tony giving each month or once has been what keeps us going this year. We had our first grant awarded by GE Johnson when they heard that we were trying to support foster families and they had two foster families employed in their company. It's a construction company here in Colorado. They said, we get this. We know what our employees are, are going through when they're fostering or they're adopting. And we want to support something that would help families who are willing to do this. Brooklyn's on Boulder is a speakeasy here in Colorado Springs. And they have hosted two themed evenings where a portion of proceeds from each drink goes to foster together. And I got to go to one of the events that they had and it was so fun to meet people and chat with people, some who had no idea that they were coming to a fundraiser. They just came to their favorite place to get a drink and chat with them about their thoughts about foster care and their any myths that they might have held about it or any stereotypes or a personal experience. I've met so many people who have a personal experience with this. There's Susan and Tim in Colorado Springs who hosted their annual open art studio and Tim is a photographer and they donated 20% of all of their proceeds from their big yearly sale to Foster Together. Heidi Ganahl and her Fight Back Foundation where I won the very first um, pitch night that she hosted for small startup social enterprises. And she awarded some money to be invested into the business plan of Foster Together, which again, as I mentioned earlier, is for counties and agencies to purchase this as a service that they, but that is also subsidized by donations from people who really want to see this grow faster. There's Laura Love, who hosts pretty much any event I need her to host in Denver, and has also been a generous donor, and she understands this from the adoptive mom side, so she understands how important it is to have services that keep families together. I also owe a lot of the success of this year to my friends who collaborate with me, other small nonprofits mostly run by foster parents in the state who collaborate with me and say, try this or try that, or I'm struggling with this. And it's so encouraging to not have the spirit of competition amongst us because we always joke, once every kid is safe forever, we, we can start competing then. 
But until then, there's just too much work to be done. And there's just too much, um, there's too many varied needs. And each of us meet them in a different way. And so we'll close our doors when, when all of the need for our services is done. But until then, we're going to work together because there's no point in competing because there's plenty of work to do. More work than I want to do on my own personally. My mom and dad are self-employed in California, and my mom's an art teacher and a substitute teacher, and she does so many amazing things with her time um, now that she is basically an empty nester, having raised all four of us. And she donates one day of her art teaching every month to foster together. And I thought that was such a creative and lovely way of her to do this. And truly, all of the childcare she provides for me when she comes out for a visit so I can work is another reason that it has worked this year. My mother-in-law and father-in-law also help our family in massive ways as far as helping when we have a foster placement or even she just sent, my mother-in-law just sent a gift for a child that we sent home a year and a half ago, but she, they had a special bond um, when he lived with us and she went above and beyond to make him feel loved in the way that he receives love, which is gifts and $10 bills. (laughs) And um, so she sent him a special little Christmas gift for us to give to him. And then my father-in-law, he drives trucks for a living. And she sent him the podcast to listen to while he was on a a trip one time. And he said, this is really eye-opening. I didn't even know about foster care until Hope started fostering. And now I'm learning so much more through the podcast and I want to support this. And so they give monthly too. And lastly, my husband, Kyle, my comrade in fostering, my partner, 100%. He was willing to support our family when I quit working to start this project. And he has been supportive 100% of the way and pushing me in the ways where I am weak pushing me to stay true to the original vision and also to figure out how to package it in a way that's understandable for anyone. So I appreciate you all. Thank you for joining this neighborhood of support for kids in foster care. And I I look forward to only growing next year and to sending out, instead of sending out my donor updates to 70 people, to sending it out to 300 people next year because they've said, here's my $10 a month. Here's my $1,000 matching donation. Here's my $5,000 grant that can take a whole county and fill it up with foster neighbors for every family. So go and check out fostertogether.co slash 2018 for our 2018 stories, testimonial statistics, and also for our plan for next year. And I'll leave you with this quote that I used in my training in Colorado Springs last week. It's by Dorothy Day, and this reminds me of all of you because none of you listening to this, none of you giving are afraid to get close enough to foster care that you're personally affected. And I deeply appreciate that. As a foster mom trying to do this in honor of the four children I fostered, that is the biggest gift to me. And so Dorothy Day, She says, yes, love casts out fear. Yes, we know that. But we have to get over the fear in order to get close enough to love them. And that's what Foster Together tries to do. We try to help people get close enough to foster care that they can give a meaningful service of love to the children who need it most.